Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 79. In today's episode, I interview the creator of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, Reed Davis. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode to find out how Reed discovers that he is part Neanderthal, what his vision for a healthy future is, as well as what his current practice and creativity looks like. Alrighty guys, another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast here today, and on the line I have Reed Davis. Now Reed, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Hey, fantastic. Well, look, I'm uh, 63 years old, so I'm in maintenance mode, you know. I'm never going to be 22 years old again, but I like to be 40 until I'm about 90 if possible. So I have had other careers. I was very, very hard on my body. I mean, I got dinged up a lot of different ways. So right now I'm trying to do everything I can just to stay as youthful as possible. Again, they say uh, – 40 years old is you if you you know that that's what anti-aging is all about so i'm trying to hang in there for as long as i can well then right now what are some of your favorite things that you do uh for that anti-aging or maintenance mode if you will i actually have five things that i do Let's hear i really it. try to eat i try to eat right I try to get a good night's sleep every night if possible. I exercise quite a bit. I do jiu-jitsu three or four days a week, and I do Pilates at least twice a week. So I'm doing something very aggressive, and it, and then I do something that's more maintenance and working on stuff, whatever you know is hurting and dinging. Again, I've had quite a few injuries from sports and from motorcycle accidents, and so um, – you know, I besides that, you know, I do have to handle stress because I have 2,000 students in 50 countries, so I get stressed out sometimes, and I just have to learn to chill, you know. And and I take some supplements, not a ton of stuff, but you know, I got my my herbal uh, remedies and tinctures and stuff, and I try different things all the time. So diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplements. Pretty much try to live, walk the talk. Now, I believe that's what you call uh, dress for health success, correct? Oh, you got that right. The, the acronym <laughs> there. I was, I was listening to all those there because uh, I did want to ask you about that. Uh, can you just uh, expand maybe for the listeners, like really where that came about for you, kind of how you developed that and why you think those five things are really just 
hey, this is this is all you can really boil it down to. It's pretty simple. Experience, you know, working with people. I was the case manager at a clinic back in the 90s. And at the time I had a niche and it was women with hormonal problems and bone density problems. So bones and hormones. I actually had a website called Bones and Hormones. And with that demographic, now I started working with them. But at, as a non-physician, you can't write a prescription. And that demographic, they didn't want prescriptions. I want to know how to really fix myself. So I started just delving into those things. And what we found out was that if they did eat right and they did go to bed on time and get a good night's sleep and they exercised properly and they reduced stress. And sometimes I'm talking about the hidden stressors like parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses, food sensitivities, chemical things around, you know, whatever, the environment and stuff. And then, again, supplements are helpful. So uh, we found that by doing those things, not only do their hormones get balanced and their bone density improve, everything else got better. Their sleep improved, their energy improved, they they had better digestion and on and on. So we figured out that wow, this this really is quite a quite a behavior program and it helps everything. We treat nothing specifically, even bones and hormones. Uh, treat everything non specifically. So it just came out of years and years of, of just wheels spinning in the head, you know, and I like acronyms cause they're easy to remember. I absolutely agree with that. I think it makes it easier, uh, just for anybody who's not like, okay, you're not looking to know how the cell is functioning. You're not looking to just see every pathway during digestion. You just want to feel good. You just want everything working right. Use those simple acronyms and they can go really far for you. Uh, you talked yeah. about even just, uh, Hey, 2,000 plus students there even. You want to just share with everybody what FDN is, if, if everybody's not familiar with it, because I think it's an sure. awesome program, something that I've looked into a lot, and I think a lot of what you're teaching there is just fantastic. So if you wouldn't mind sharing Thank that, you. please. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, everything about FDN, which is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, it's just a name I came up with. I had to call what I was doing something, and that kind of fits. Uh, but everything is based on my observations. Again, just being a really hard worker, just having a ton of people coming through the office. And then it, we got into a distance coaching model long, long time ago. And uh, so it's, it's my observations about what works and what doesn't work. And the things that work long-term permanently, like anti-aging, just really getting your body fine-tuned, is the stuff you do consistently day in and day out. So there's no quick fixes in my world. And uh, so functional diagnostic nutrition is actually a way of using laboratory work to look into underlying conditions. And then there's the DRESS program, which are the protocols. So the investigative process, which is about five labs I run on everybody. You could run 20. You know, but there's about five you need to some markers you need to look at, and then there's some things you need to do to to improve. Again, overall, working at the deepest. You mentioned cellular causes. You know, cellular tissue, organ system, organism. You know, in that hierarchy, uh, what we do affects every every bone and every cell. Reed, I'm also interested. You you're talking about like coming overcoming some of these dings like some probably nasty accidents like yeah. what has been maybe your biggest obstacle when it comes to anything you've had to overcome with your health and really how did you go about overcoming that as well 
You know, it's uh, I think forming the right habits is is always the hardest thing. And I noticed it's it's so much easier to talk about other people than myself. You know, clients just need to form the right habits: the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplements, and things. For myself, um, it's no different. You know, and it's almost like I need a health coach. I need someone I trained to come back and work on me, you know, because just reminding yourself to, to go, don't work so hard, you know, go to bed, don't let it bother, you know, don't stress out so much and things like that. So on the diet, I pretty much do okay. I might overeat a little bit, but resting, you know, going to bed, um, not getting up at four and wanting to work, that, that's hard for me. So I still, I still get faced with that challenge. Wake up, I want to get right here at my desk. I have a computer right here, two screens. I got another one right here, which is all my, you know, just so I, I and I, my bedroom is right outside that door right there. So I work out of the house, so I find it hard to not work all the time. And that's my big challenge right now. The other one, of course, is that it, it, I wish I had just started taking care of myself better before I got in, you know, to, you know, like 20 years ago, I was still in my, I was in my 40s. I'd already done a lot of damage that I didn't know was going to catch up to me. You know, when you're, when you're in your 20s, 30s, even, and even into my early 40s, I was a wild man. You know, I mean, I did things that were dangerous, and, and uh, I still do a few. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I wish I. So that's. It's hard to get over broken bones, torn ligaments, you know, and, and things like that. I mean, they're physically. And then chemically, I used to be in the furniture refinishing business. Believe it or not, I was an artist. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. And I got into uh, furniture and making furniture. And, and, man, you're dealing with a lot of chemicals. So I'm sure I had some. I got some brain damage, some liver damage, things like that, that I don't know that I've overcome. <laughs> I might might still have that brain damage, you know. <laughs> I I love read how you said habits though as one of the biggest yeah. things. Like oftentimes you'll hear somebody say more of a health crisis. Uh or just it doesn't even have to be a health crisis. It could be a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, uh divorce. I mean any of those things. But I think the saying is the biggest obstacle for people is habits because you're right. We're set in our ways. It's it's pretty damn yeah. hard to change those sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that because that's something I don't think people take a uh, really great enough appreciation for. They'll think, oh, well, it's I just got to change this one thing. Well, that one thing really is much bigger than that. It, it really is a large habit that they're going to have to change. And that could be getting, like you said, getting up before I am. If I, if I wake up early too, it's, it's hard to get back to sleep sometimes. I mean, you just yeah. want, you, there's so much that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can break it down to, to habits, uh, and you have your bad ones that you, you know, it, it's sometimes it's not just discipline, you know, it could be chemical. It could be, it could be a reason you, you're, craving something all the time or, or so that's the stuff we try to ha run some labs and hack on you know but um it does come down to how you live it truly is behavior that means the difference between i think being healthy which is the only way to be happy you know it's all we all want that's all we want is to be happy with and i've realized this sort of later in my years uh that if without your health you're not going to be happy <laughs> all so the money you, in the world what you would know. be your definition of happiness then what does happiness really mean to you oh well i i like having a purpose 
purpose and enjoying i mean there's literally you know uh enjoying oneself i do appreciate uh loving and being loved you know i have a family and um you know my my son uh, if i think back to my best memories and things they involve family stuff uh and things like that so so being happy is being part of a family being loved that's why our, our FDN group, it's there, it's a real affinity group. You know, I don't just teach a course. I, I teach a way of thinking and a way of life, and uh, there's a real affinity there. You know, it was an idea I had once. Now the idea has me. It owns me. <laughs> I just work for it now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, and that that's, that's great. That purpose, that love, uh, that's just an awesome thing to – be a bigger part of basically it's not just you recognize where you're kind of coming in in the universe and that it can be so much bigger than you and continue to grow uh from there which is an awesome feeling yeah yeah so you said uh you were an artist then uh previously i'm sure there's still some creative juices flowing there what do you like to do right now to express your creativity Oh man, that's great! You know, I actually like making slides uh, for my presentations. I'm not a very good animator, uh, but you know, I don't have the technical training in the different programs. But I, I even just with PowerPoint, I like I like making things move. You know, like getting so that's kind of how I do it now. But I, I used to be a sculptor, painter. I almost burnt my house down once. I was 18, <laughs> and no, actually, I was 16 when that happened. I was 16. I was in my little workshop in the basement in my parents home in chicago and uh i set the house on fire i was doing metal sculpture and there, there's some care i had a kerosene a uh, little primus stove and, and some other things and, and so i i was a sculptor painter draw you know drawing and, and things like that uh that was so, so now but that you never get you can't get rid of that uh creativity and stuff so i i have sort of just gone into where it's more practical i suppose but i still enjoy it i can sit for hours like right here like i'm, I'm using this screen but i have a screen right here where i do i'm sitting here like this here's my keyboard you know and here's my mouse and i'm i'm like figuring stuff but i the hours go by and i just i just love it and then when it's done it all creates you know something useful useful to, and and it's to teach you know so so that's that's pretty creative yeah, I'd say so. I think because you're getting the multi-purpose uh, out of it, you're getting it. Like you said you get to express your creativity, you get to share things with others, and then they get to learn and hopefully yeah. even start to change some of those new habits and just become healthier themselves from it all too. Yeah, when people learn, it, it you know that's. I guess if you're a teacher, you you teach, and you got to be creative. So, even going off of learning right now. Uh, is there any specific topic that you are just geeking out on right now, just kind of totally diving into that you're really interested in learning more about? Whether it be health yeah, or otherwise, yeah. too. Well, you know, it's it's uh, right now um, there are still mysteries and complexities within one's metabolism. So I guess you could say I'm hooked on the body, hooked on, uh, you know, health means um sticking around for a while you know you you ha and you know and there are quality of life things uh that matter and so um metabolism is complex it's full of complexities and and it's unknown um 
and then there is the, the, the metabolism in a sense, our cells and the there's an innate intelligence there. This is what fascinates me. There's progr- a program running. It's the same program that uh, created and sort of runs the universe. The, the earth revolves around the sun, right? So where's that coming from? Well, it comes from the same place that your cells know what their job is. They don't have to teach the cell what to do. But you do need to feed it properly, and there's a there's a, a natural uh, law in laws in all of those things that that uh, that create or maintain balance, and so I'm fascinated by that. And then there's the environment, which is kind of like the anti-function thing. You know, it's it's really I don't know if you know this, but prior to being in the health, I was in environmental law. I'm a paralegal in the environmental business law area, so and I was at one time just saying saving the planet, you know, recycling and the air and the water and, and all that stuff. And I turned my attention back in the late 90s to, to the human you know, aspect of it. Well, what's this doing to us? And, of course, I was getting older, too, and uh, starting to f- feel some of my, my age. And, and, and I started going in that direction. But um, it's – you asked what's the – thing that fascinates me the most it's it's the complexities of metabolism versus the underappreciated uh environmental influences and um or under under recognized things but what what's the environment actually this environment that we've created um or allowed to happen in a sense um and the two aren't real compatible you know what are some so that fascinates me yeah amazing what are simple ways do you think uh, that everybody can do to even just modify that environment to really function optimally, if you will? Yeah, you know, there's things we, I guess, control and some things we don't. Um, and, you know, the the difficulty, I think, is where we live where we live. You know, I live in Southern California where it's it rained the, the last couple couple days ago it was raining for a couple of days and everyone's wow rain you know it's like god can you believe it there's there's <laughs> clouds and there's a, you know and you call your buddy in cleveland he's like it rains every day and it's like this so, so <laughs> then you think, well, and then you know and then it's going to start snowing there it's going to be six months of miserable cold and snow. and you just wonder well how can people live like that <laughs> so so you know then well that's so you start breaking it down to look. You have you are where you are, and you you have to make the very best of it. Um, and I don't know. I could go very sort of deep on that question, or just say, look, back to the, you know, you can get up every day. Uh, thank your lucky stars, or thank whoever you want to thank. You know, I, you got to be in a state of appreciation. Let's put it that way. Uh, uh, wow, gosh, I have a lot to be thankful for, and um, I thank God every day. So, uh, and then I go from there. Like I have a purpose, I have a mission. I need to fuel my body. You know, there's things I'm teaching. I want to walk the talk, so I got to eat some protein in the morning. You know, and uh, and that, that kind of a thing. Again, back to the diet, you know, and hopefully I was well rested. And, you know, I've got to work in my my uh, exercise and then I have to produce. I think morale, my, my morale and most people's morale, I think um, it comes from producing something. Like if you're not useful and productive, how can you be happy? You know, you, you, can't, you can't, you know, like you can end the day. Wow, I got something done. Thank goodness. You get up the next day and do it again. <laughs> I know it's it sounds mundane to some people, like that's not good enough. 
but uh, I mean, I, I and you know, you work some adventure and excitement and things into it, but um, I think without purpose, purpose is my answer, I guess, to that question. I, I like how you said uh, the one thing in there, and you're talking about just that again, that progress, though, um, because. I was listening to somebody else speak uh, just within the last day or two, and they said for them, like, happiness is progress. Because if you're not moving forward, if you're not trying to just advance yourself and tying it in with the purpose, like, you're still going towards that purpose. You're never going to achieve that purpose, if you will. Because if you did, you would, I don't know, for myself at least, if I ever fully achieved my purpose, it would probably be a pretty big, um, just bummer. Like, you almost want it you, to just be so big that it's always something you're striving for. Amen, brother. Yeah, you'd make you'd make up a new one if you achieved everything. You'd you know, the next day exactly. you'd, you'd you'd start a new one because that is uh, what, like I say, morale comes from production, and all, all you know as long as you're making progress, it's good. My dad for years, you know, uh, uh, you know, if there's light at the end of the tunnel, you head for it. You, know, you just it's a good thing. Reed, I want to switch gears a little bit. What is something sure. that you could learn from your eight-year-old self? Oh, boy, eight years old. So what's that, third grade, something like that? You know, I, I think, I, think um, I used to be able to sit and think and not have to be doing something back then, believe it or not. I mean, I was, I was an active kid and all that stuff, but I could, I could sit at, on the fence at the end of our long driveway for hours you know, I could lay in the grass with, you know, just looking at the the either the stars or the the clouds and things like that, and just think and be okay with it. And and I can recall my mom saying, you know, um, why don't you do something? And I say, but I am doing something. Well, what are you doing? I'm thinking, mom. You know, I'm think I'm thinking to me was being active. You know, it was a way of staying busy. And and I think. I don't do that as much anymore. I, I probably I never stopped thinking, but you know what I mean. Like, like I remember being eight and being okay with sitting for an hour, not doing anything except thinking. That was enough for me. <laughs> I don't know. Who are some of the greatest thinkers of our time, or just uh, throughout history that you really like to even follow their work? Yeah, geez, you know, I I like um, when you say that. I think of writers that have impressed me with their writing a bit, you know, who've written really good books and things like that. Talk about modern times. Um, I, I love guys that uh, that study something very thoroughly, become an expert on it, and then share that. Um, and I've learned a lot about different cultures. Like I, I don't know, James Mitzner comes to mind. James Mitchner wrote uh, a ton of books on various cultures and areas of the world, and he would go back to sort of the ancient times and then bring you all the way up to modern day with with a common thread either, you know, like from a caveman to then what happened then, and he he ended up being a, 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 you know, North American Indian or Mexican or uh, Siberian or South African. So I read all the Mitchner novels, and they're all that thick. And, um, you know, he was a great thinker, man. He just tried to had a handle on humanity, I think. Um, that's one thing that pops into my head. Well, are there any of the cultures even then that you would have just like, oh, man, I, I want to go visit that? Like that could be a present day culture or just something a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago that you're yeah. like so fascinated by. Y- yeah. I mean, it's um, 
it's scary some of it because you know I through because I uh, study the body. You study evolution, and you, because diet, you know, diet is something that. Well, what's the right diet? Well, ancestral diets are right. You know, I believe ancestral di- eating is close to, to to what your your uh, uh, five thousand generations ago you were eating. But that's really different for different people, and you have to even so, so sort of prehistory, um, the Paleolithic times. There's actually different species of humans. So you and I and everyone on the world today are of one species called Homo sapien, right? Homo sapiens sapiens. So, but there was Neanderthals, and I did a genetic test on my and found out I'm part Neanderthal. Well, that was a, that's not Homo sapiens. That's that's really different. <laughs> and then there was other species of humans that died out, uh, you know, up maybe fifty thousand years ago, sixty, hundred thousand years ago, they were dying. So, so we're the survival of the fittest and things. But that's where you get into um, these kind of questions. I get got there through through diet, uh, through studying diet. What's the right diet? But then you learn things like about um, well, what about modern man? And because you asked me where would I like to go, uh, you know, being uh, uh, Celtic and Anglo-Saxon, you know, basically British Isles uh, for the last um, several thousands of years, I'm sure, with some other stuff mixed in, whatever it might be. Again, a little bit of Neanderthal in there. Uh, <laughs> um, Stonehenge, and I visited Stone. One of my life since I was a kid, I wanted to see Stonehenge, and a couple of years ago, I went there with my son, and uh, it was amazing. I, and you just wonder, three thousand years ago, uh, where, where did this come from? And you study Stonehenge. It actually, there was a pre-Stonehenge. It like it was already a place of weirdness. Whatever the hell they were doing, <laughs> and, you know, like there's, there's. So prior to the stones, even which are three to thirty five hundred years old, there was wooden structures. It was always a place of weird worshiping, you know, trying to connect with the universe, and and you know, it was man, I think, realizing that he wasn't just of this world. You know, I I believe we're spiritual, and that these are just bodies. And so, wh- wh- who was the first man to think that? You know, I I don't know that. The cavemen, you know, uh, Paleolithic had that meant, you know, could were there yet with the brain development stuff. But somewhere along the line, the first uh, modern man, some someone had to realize this. People that built Stonehenge must have known that um, they weren't just of this world. It wasn't just about eating and and procreating. So I think those times were fascinating, and I'd be scared because they used to do bad things to each other <laughs> in the name of this stuff like but you know yeah well i i think you're the first uh confirmed neanderthal that i've had on the show so uh <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm pretty happy about that that's that's pretty awesome <laughs> uh, no re- and, and i think in there for you <laughs> no but that's really cool because like you said there's you know there's something more to it than just some st- big stones lying around there. There's there's a reason that people are attracted to that area. There's a reason that I can't even imagine just the energy surrounding something like that when you go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's pretty it's pretty commercial now. But you you know you, so you have to separate yourself from you know now and imagine you have to use your imagination. It's it's fascinating stuff. And again, since I since I was a kid. 
I wanted to see Stonehenge. I, I can remember being that eight-year-old. That eight-year-old back then would, would think about stuff like that. And also uh, Van Gogh. I've always loved Van Gogh from the time I was – I'm sure I was 10, no older than 10 or 11 when I started appreciating uh, Vincent Van Gogh, the artwork. You know, I studied art and I went to painting classes on Saturday instead of, you know, playing soccer or something. Up, I grew up in Canada. And, um, man, I love Vincent Van Gogh. And I finally, on that same trip, when I went to England and saw Stone, I got to Amsterdam and saw the Van Gogh Museum and stuff. So there's things that just sort of stick with you. Meaning, there's meaning. And uh, uh, I think we have to pursue whatever that means for us, each individual. So we've talked a little bit about history here. Going into the future, what is your vision for a healthy future uh, for yourself, for your family, but I mean, even just for the world as a, as a whole? Uh, well, <laughs> and you want that in 10 sentences or less too, right? Uh, hey, you, I mean, no, if I'm you kidding, were to talk I, for the next hour, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, no I, well, you know, um, again, purpose and, you know, I, I guess my life has a purpose. Um, it, it, it does, and, and it's um, probably could be a lot bigger than what it is, and maybe it will expand. Uh, you know, 15, 16 years ago, I just wanted to have the most successful wellness clinic in Southern California. You know, I thought that was my purpose. I'll have the, the, the most successful well, – you know, we'll have people coming in from all over the world, and our clinic will be successful. Well, that was – that turned out to be not good enough, and uh, everyone encouraged me to teach. Well, now we have wellness centers in uh, 50 countries, at least people who are in various stages of developing using the same mentality and things like that. Well, so that's pretty – pretty good and uh it's only been 15 i just wish i had more time you know so 15 <laughs> years from now i don't know what it'll look like but it'll be that kind of a thing where it doesn't stop growing and we'll be a force to be reckoned with and those that would create monopolies uh try to control us uh will have someone uh, who always fought the good fight and tried to plant the seeds of uh, self-reliance, independence, and uh, self-determination for people. Th those are my ideals, I guess. And um, so, you know, we're on the other technical side of it. I said you could, you know, I run about five labs and everybody, you could run 20. But there really is no one t test. And we're, f I think we're 50 years Technologically, we're probably 50 years from the day when you can give a drop of blood or, you know, pee in a jar and hand it to the laboratory and they'll tell you everything is going on, like everything. They'll have really broken it down. But that's and, and I won't be around in 50 years, but I, I think I'll leave the, the desire to make sure that happens, you know, and because everyone that sort of I want to say follows me, but but that joins me um they already know that what I say, they already recognize it as a truth. You know, I'm, I'm not inventing anything. I'm just sort of saying things that are true and people go, yeah, that's right. You know, that's got to be right. You know, so – and then we try to get the science to back us up. And, and, it, <laughs> and guess what? It's turning out we're right. You know, we're, we're right. There's, and so that's what I look forward to and where I see it going. My, my movement, if you will, the, the one that I belong to. So, Reed, with that, like you said, if whether it's 10 years, because 
I don't know. Stuff's expanding pretty darn rapidly. I think 50 years, it could. I think that might even be a long time for something like that. But what, what do you find when you're working with people or with students when what's their biggest opposition still? Because you can tell anybody, okay, this is what your lab looks like. We need to change out of these 50 things. Here are the top three that need to be changed. But it's still, they have to make that change. And we go back to habits. How do you really help people change those habits, if you will? Like, because if somebody's so stuck in their ways, are there any techniques, anything that you really like to focus on to help them to get to make that change, even when they know and like just looking at it, like you can think about it, like, okay, intellectually, yes, I know I must do this, but in their hearts, in their bodies, really making that change. You know, um, Everyone is unique. You have to a coat, you know. So we we teach functional diagnostic nutrition, a system of analysis and assessments, and then you know hopefully get an area of healing that needs to occur. And and then we also teach the the lifestyle requirements, the, the specific diet, rest, exercise, supplements, you know, specific stress reduction things, um, mostly the hidden stressors, and things like that. So. Um, now, there's a coaching process in that. You're dealing with a process. So just getting people into the process is going to depend on them. Where do they need to enter this process? And it could just be with tomorrow morning's breakfast. Maybe they get out of bed just fine, but they're you know, not eating right. And so, you know, so we teach them how to fuel the body perhaps, but they might be past that. They're already, you know, get up bright eyed and bushy tailed and are eating and you might just have to tweak it a little bit and then it becomes something else, you know. So within the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplement areas, uh, those are the main habits that encompasses, there's nothing that doesn't fit into one of those in terms of behavior, in my opinion. So and you know what we've we have figured out over the years. So so it's everyone's individual, and that's what a good coach will do is help that person choose. And but also you you, you this is just the way it is. Um, you can only work with the able. I mean, there are people who are really incapable of making. They're so uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Sometimes they just seem stupid. You know, like they just don't listen. They don't pay any attention. They don't have any self-awareness. They don't have have um, the ability. They're they're not able people, and so they they become the sort of victim of uh, commercial interest. You know, they're the ones who watch TV and then do what it says on TV. You're like, oh well, it said on T. You know, I saw a show and and you have to do it. Like, I don't know what's so there's. <laughs> A qualification, you know, it is called being able and being wanting to be self-determined, being self-aware enough to to say, hey, I, I, I can take responsibility for this myself. You know, I'm not a victim. I'm, I'm, I'm able to make some changes. And, and, and so it's sometimes there's a sorting out process that doesn't seem fair. But, you know, for us to do a job, people have to want it. They have to want it more than we want it. So that's the first place. Now, you give me someone who wants it more than I want it for them, you know, and I might, it might take a while to figure out why and what, you know, like, why do you want this? You know, but, but again, that's a coaching process. Well, now you got someone that might be able to start forming some new habits. And so I, that's. I, the oh, no, I was going to say, I think that's a great point is that that whole coaching process because 
you can read all the things you can want. You can listen to everything you want. You could have a coach, but until you're willing to accept that for yourself and be willing to make that change and be ready and able, uh, it's just never going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, One of the things you had mentioned in there along the line was uh, hidden stressors. What are some of the most common hidden stressors that uh, you really just see popping up for people? Yeah, just I have to just sort of pre, you know, I always me and my mind takes to step backwards at every question goes, what's the big picture? There, there are um, stressors you know about, like you hate your job and your kids are bad and you don't have enough money and whatever it is. Mental, emotional stuff. You get a phone call. And ah, I think crap, that's a lot of times di- right. What people always get wrapped up into is the, the only the mental, emotional stressors where they're not recognizing that there may be others out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, then there's trauma. Like, again, my I have stuff all over my, my knee and I just whatever, you know, you dig. So physical stress, even poor posture. You know, here I am sitting. I should be standing right now if I had underwear on. But, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, what I'm saying is that sitting is the new smoking. I heard that this weekend at a seminar. I was at, sitting's the new, so, so we have weaknesses and bad posture, and th- that's that's stressful on the nervous system. Man. So there's these sort of uh, mental emotional things. There's all this physical stuff, but then there are those hidden things like the uh, the uh, um, electromagnetic frequencies coming off the screen, the radiation that's breaking through the ozone layer. You know, there's stuff like that that just blows your mind. How am I going to get away with from that? But then there's the things that are more tangible, like parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses. Our weakened syst- our, our immune systems get weakened in a number of ways for a number of reasons. But you know, we we become. Uh, these bugs are very opportunistic, and they we become a host. We come we we become a better host for them, and so they like to take advantage of us. And some those can remain hidden for a long time. Now they usually continue the breakdown process, like in digestion and the immune system. And so then you get other stuff. You get you start getting food sensitivities, where an ordinary food that you know you used to be able to consume. Uh, with no problem now becomes inflammatory and that contributes to that metabolic chaos is what I called it when I talked about metabolic complexity being up against uh, underappreciated influences from the environment um, what is that it causes metabolic chaos that's um, malfunction at deep levels that could be very far removed from where the symptoms are occurring so the symptoms can appear over here but the the cascade will take you but if you go upstream far enough you find it wow that was that's weird it's doesn't seem to have anything to do with the symptoms and yet it's part of the milieu of um dysfunction which is what i call metabolic chaos and so uh that's part of the answer anyway i'll go <laughs> off man i i mean i love it I'll i love go it. off yeah I'm actually going back to something you said a while ago. I think when we first started, you were holding up a bottle of like some herbs, some tinctures that you were there. Are there any ones that, oh, well, how about any that you want to talk about in general? Because I, I love experimenting. I love making my own tinctures. It's just something I like oh, to yeah? do. Yeah, oh, it's just it's, it's a fun yeah. little thing. I'll read some stuff, see if there are things that I want to try. But is there any ones yeah. that uh, have really hit home with you the most recently? You know, again, every question I ever get asked, I always take that big step back and go, look, we're designed to uh, 
have a certain mixture of you know it's called biochemical individuality so we need vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients essential fatty acids and uh, antioxidants and all these and everyone's a little bit different you know and it go, you have to go back into genetics pretty far your genetic inheritance determines the mixture in you that's appropriate and it's going to be different than someone else's uh, mixture so to speak and it's it's finding that balance and the the main medicine is food i mean if you really could get the right food and you got to break it down and absorb it properly and you know on and on it's, it just there's lots of opportunities there for uh, dysfunction but um now having said that uh sometimes you want to support uh what's you know sort of breaking down a little bit like the adrenals or the ovaries or the testes or your heart your lungs your liver your pancreas your uh, again the adrenals L liver's huge you know because it's taken the brunt of a lot of toxicity uh from the environment and that our own body creates and that uh you know the things that we're host to create a lot of toxicity, and so there, some from time to time you want to support certain organs uh, and systems in your body. Also, um, you might need some stimulation from time to time, the immune system or what have it. So it, it just depends on the person, depends. On, and I don't, I don't have uh, right now. I think a favorite thing. Everyone should take vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, essential fatty acids, and something for whether you're a man or a woman. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you, I'm just playing around with this thing right now. You know, it says male support right there. I, I don't know. I've been taking this for about a. About three weeks. Some, someone sent it to me. I'm always getting sent something to try. This one's called Irie. Irie is Jamaican for happiness, good time, joy, whatever. You know, I just I play with things, and and so I'm kind of like you. I I don't have like um, you know, a solid answer for everything. I, I think it takes a combination. The goal has got to be that, that balance of micronutrients in me. You also have to write a and this is on the other side, macronutrients. You must, I guarantee you, this is huge. And I could give your audience something to sort of take home with them on this. You must have the right ratios of protein, fat, and carbohydrates. The, your fuel, the way you fuel your cells is absolutely critical. Um, that mixture um, could vary a lot from person to person. Some people actually are carb types. A lot of people, and you know, the whole paleo movement is based around people being protein types. And uh, I've studied why, and what makes the difference. You know, how does that work in the body? So um, I think all those micronutrients we talked about are, are critical. Get the right balance. I think macronutrient ratios are just as important. And then on top of that. As I was saying, there are things you can sort of stimulate or support from time to time based on your uh, your metabolic inefficiencies or weak links in metabolism. And and but and one last thing, there are people with absolute voids in metabolism. If you've had your gallbladder taken out, you're going to need certain supplements for the rest of your life because you've you've got a void uh, in in metabolism. You got you've got a vital void. And I'm I'm all with you on this, uh, Reed, because for me, it's I, I feel like I'm more uh, I, I kind of listen to my body and I just let myself be drawn to something. If I, I notice I, there I don't use a lot of any uh, support, any tinctures, nothing really during the summertime, but I'll use a lot more during the wintertime. Uh, like this past year, I was really big 
into using more maca and uh, some chaga mm. mushroom. Those were the two things I was oh, completely man. drawn to. Yeah. But since it really hasn't, they haven't done anything for me. I haven't had any like feelings of, oh man, I really would like something. It's like, no, it just, I don't need it. And I think that's part of it. Just being able to realize and recognize what our body needs at the time then too. Uh, I also wanted to say though, like you said, the balance of the macros, I, I think this is something people, some you're getting so much vilification of uh, whether it be carbs or fats or, I mean, one of these macronutrients is always being hated by somebody, right? And I think part of that comes down to, well, first, is it is it quality? If it's good quality, then okay, that that's the first question that should be asked. But like you said, everybody's going to be different. And that's why so many people are drawn to specific diets because they work for them. And that's what it's really about is each of us finding that uh, fuel blend mixture, if you will, to let us thrive mm-hmm. on. Yes. Well, there's fuel. And there's fuel mixture, and uh, fuel is you know protein, fat, and carbs basically. And then there's a fuel mixture, which is well, what are the uh, micronutrients involved? And just imagine an Eskimo for a minute. You know th- they have evolved surviving on local foods and within the local g- geography and climate. So they their bodies just evolved through adaptation. Uh, natural selection, if you will, it's genetic genetic uh, mutation, uh, lo- survival of the fittest. So they evolved to where those local locally available things they could hunt and gather uh, are perfect for them. So th- now that's a certain ratio of protein, fat, and carbs. They eat ninety five percent protein and fat, and they do quite well on it. But it also so that's the macronutrient. But they also very specific ratios of all the vitamins, all the minerals in, in those things. Now, that would be c- completely different. So the sources or resources available to the Quechuas, which are the tribes that live up in the mountains of the Andes and uh, Bolivia and that. Now, they have they have much higher carb. You know, it's it's like the plants and just some, some protein, of course, animal products, of course, but way higher. Now, not only was it just different – uh, ratios of protein and fat and carbs that they evolved through natural selection and genetic mutation and survival of the fittest. They evolved to where what's perfect for them is not just different protein, fat, and carb ratios, but a different balance of the micronutrients, the trace minerals, the mineral, you know, vitamins, phytonutrients, essential fatty acids. The the and so their mixture is different, and so that's the deal. <laughs> you know, you can't say what's right for any person because we don't know what our genetic inheritance is anymore. Uh, for the last 10,000 years, last 10,000 people have been moving around the planet like crazy. They got on boats, they got on horses, they got on camel, whatever it was, and we're all just all jumbled up now. You can't even say within one family what the genetic inheritance is. You got kids that uh, eat the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner. One is just unmotivated, sits on the sofa. He's 15 pounds overweight at 15 years old. The the younger brother who's 12 uh, can't sit still. He's thin, agile, clear thinking, sharp, motivated. So, well, how those things, those characteristics we just talked about, there is something that's dictating them, but they're both eating the same fuel. So it's the person responding to the fuel that matters. It's not the fuel. You know, I mean – it could be right for one and right for another. What I was trying to express there was that genetic inheritance is like a roulette. You don't know what's going to pop up 
anymore. You know, like if you're an Aboriginal Australian, you know it's going to pop up pretty much. But because, well, they're going to want to eat this and that, and this is the micronutrient, and this is the micronutrients. And, and But now us, modern, you have no clue it's going to pop up. So there's got to be another way, and that's what we've been studying. Reed, we're given a lot of attention to all this importance of foods, of, of sleep, exercise, I mean, so on and so forth. Is there anything that you feel – especially related to health, that just gets too much attention. It could be uh, a subheader of any of those, but is there something that you see where people are just putting too much emphasis on where it really doesn't have give them that bang for their buck and if they're not getting those dress uh, for success, like health success principles that we talked about even? You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, this we're, we're in a world where um, – food and other lifestyle factors like exercise methods and techniques or um, e even down to, I guess, the sleep and, and the different things, um, there's still some things that are fashionable. So the problem is, taking my step backwards, is it's all <laughs> – there's a bunch of BS in every area because <laughs> – it's like fashion. Look, I have an old book. You, you know how you have that uh, – we, we use the acronym DRESS for health success? Well, I actually remember a book from the early 70s called Dress for Success. And it was teaching young people how to go out and get a job, how you had to dress to be successful. Now, if you look at that book today, uh, Dress for Success, man, you'd be laughing at what they were wearing <laughs> back, right? So, and yet, you know, so, so t today I see nutrition, the nutrition world, the exercise world, you know, and all these different things being a lot like that. It's more, it's the diet of the day and the, the, the uh, exercise program of the day and, and, and things. So, so I mean, the, the first, the first um, sort of physical uh, exercise movement, if you will, that got commercially successful was the muscle man, you know, Muscle Beach. It was guys like Jack LaLanne and, and uh, Joe Weider and that, and it was all about how much muscle could you pack on and getting that, that Atlas, you know, the Atlas look, you know, the, the, the Hercules look. So that was a, a movement back then in the fifties, you know, that is, it, and in some ways has lasted a lot, but um, you know, it's, so I can't, pick on one i don't think there's one in, that stands in my mind whether it be all the fed diets or all the fed exercise programs or or other things um and i think a lot of it's good too you know i like yoga and pilates and but yeah i think you can oversell all of it you can you know what it is here's the deal people make claims about the benefits and sell it you know because that's just how the world works today make claims sell it <laughs> and and you know find the pain point that's the, the the most common phrase in marketing today find the pain point you know and and you know if you want to market your product you have to find the pain point but you also have to be aware that that's what they're doing and see what the realities are behind their claims and that's that's actually probably the thing that gets too much attention is just any of the marketing tactics but uh hey if if something is working and being and is giving somebody benefit, I have no problem with them selling it. If somebody's yeah. just selling to 
just to make money, just to gain power or whatever it would be. That's where the problem runs in. But hey, like you said, there's not necessarily a bad diet. There's not necessarily a bad exercise program. It's how does it work for you? Is is it giving you that optimal life that you want to be living? Are you happy doing it? Are you having a blast and just living, living to the fullest? Then, hey, I don't really see anything wrong with that necessarily. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> there are uh, entrepreneurs. I happen to be one. And there are predatory entrepreneurs, which I am not one. And so uh, there, there's people that would take a truth, a fact, and then they'll build uh, uh, claims around it that don't really match up with, with what the realities are. And so we can be victim to those things. And I'm sure I buy stuff because it – I mean, look, look here. You know, it's like <laughs> – but I mean someone sent me that, but I didn't pay for it. You know, but, uh, but, you know, still we, we're, all, we're all subject to uh, – Wishes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Reed, I want to be respectful of your time here. A couple last questions. One of the ones that I always ask uh, people around the show is, who would you want to hear on this podcast, and what would you either want to ask them specifically or just hear them talk about? Amazing. Well, I like hearing uh, what, what you're talking about, you know, is, is – um, success stories you know everyone wants to hear a success story whether it be a personal triumph over something that's motivating you know i love hearing about people that conquered their fears or conquered their uh, whatever it was and then and, and how they did it and how it it usually gets into the spiritual realm of uh believe believing in themselves or being so self-determined that they were able to sort of fight the system and that kind of stuff you know i think um uh those kind of stories are really intriguing to me. And also I like mischief. You know, if you can get someone who's been a little mischievous and, and done things counter, I mean, not illegal, uh, I don't talking about hurting anyone or anything like that, but, but, um, but those kind of people, (laughs) I, 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 I enjoy, I enjoy the success story part. And I think like really anybody that I have on the show has some for, has some form of success and that's what i tell anybody yeah everybody has a health story to share it's just their own spin on it but i like the yeah. mischievous like uh all right maybe maybe getting into a little bit of trouble having a little bit of fun along the way uh, something like that listen i mean i've watched certain success stories if you will and and i just literally cry i mean I, you know i hate to admit it but it, it makes me break down i when i see a father who wins this story about the I'm sorry, I don't know the names, but some kid gets spina bifida or, you know, really debilitating, like, and, but his goal was to, like, win a marathon. Well, so the father uh, becomes a marathon runner and then pushes the kid around and runs marathons, pushing his son in a three-wheeler, you know, things like that. I mean, I've literally cried when I saw that story, and I've seen it two or three times since then. It never ceases to... Uh, touch me deeply you know the someone doing something really cool you know for for another and for love uh that's that's good there's nothing nothing mischievous about that but so but you know so i have there's a it's gonna take a lot uh, you're gonna have to have a different guests on i think so i think so <laughs> no and but something like that is just it's just beautiful to hear no no matter what like you still yeah. love seeing that happen for 
really a family's dreams coming together yeah. then at that point because you get the kid you get the the parents and anybody else involved is just and like you said you probably yeah. didn't have any uh c- previous contacts with them you just happened to see the the entire workings yeah. of it all and it just looked incredible and really moved you yeah 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 so people have done extraordinary things so are wait, cool to listen to <laughs> In closing, where can our listeners find more about you? How can they find out what you're doing? And is there anything that they can even just help you with right now? Oh, thank you. Well, we're at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. I couldn't think of a longer uh, URL. So (laughs) functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com and just join us any way you want. You know, we, we don't take contributions or anything, but anything you have that you think would be really helpful for my practitioners. I really care about my graduates. You know, uh, you, going through my school is tough. It's not a weekend course. It's six to 12 months, and you have to apply yourself. And there's a lot of homework, like actually going out and doing walking the talk, running labs in yourself, following the protocols. There's a lot of physiology, biochemistry. You know, it's 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 a course in functional lab work and applied, you know, the, the dress protocols. And, um, but, you know, I have mentors. I, I've, I have 20 plus people working for me who get people through. And, but once you graduate, I care that you're successful. I really want you to go do the purpose. It doesn't, do me any good to teach you to do something if you don't go do it and so right now my my future includes breaking down all the barriers that people have to being successful doing what they want my my listen there are people who, look you want some good done in the world and i want it some good done in the world but there's people like you and me that see to it that good is being done in the world so i want people to join me in seeing to it not just wishing for some good to be done in the world. And so if you're of that mindset, just give me a call. There you go, everybody. Make sure if whether you're interested in becoming a functional diagnostic nutritionist yourself or you just want to find an FDM practitioner to work with, Go to functional diagnostic. Di- yeah, yeah. It's read. You can't. You got to pick a shorter one there. I can't even get it out in one sentence here. Yeah, <laughs> we make uh, you work for it. See, functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. You you'll figure it out. There we have it. So, Reed Davis, thank you again so much for being on. Thanks, uh, Nick. I had a blast. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free, so thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others, so thank you. Mm-hmm.